morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the latest edition of the SOS Simmons on Sports Radio Show and Podcast. Today, I have a special guest, a friend of mine who's from uh, Philadelphia, and he uh, has an uh, uh, interesting past. Uh, he played, uh, he was a high school parade All-American back in the day. He ended up being recruited and going to the University of Maryland, playing for the great lefty Giselle, and then ended up being drafted into the NBA and played some, spent some time there. And uh, now he is also spending his time uh, working with kids and uh, doing things in the Philadelphia area to help promote basketball for, for the youth. And his friend, and my friend's name is Maurice Mo Howard. How you doing, Mo? How you doing today? Hi, Kevin. How are you? I'm hanging in there, man. Like I said, I've been looking forward to doing this for a minute because um, you, you're you're an interesting cat, man. <laughs> <laughs> you Don't just are. And uh, Don't I think my wife. My viewers could, my listeners could uh, benefit a lot by hearing some of the stuff uh, that you that you've done. And also getting to know who you are. Um, now we're gonna start. We're gonna take it back, as they say in rap. We're gonna take it way, way back. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about your start and where you're from. Um, you are from the Philadelphia, the, uh, the Metro Philly area. Yes, I am. Okay. Yeah. Now. You went to a private high school like I did. Uh, yeah. Let us know a little bit about that experience. Well, prior to that, um, you know, I went to Catholic schools um, all my life. And um, in Philadelphia, we have what's called CYO or Catholic Youth League. Catholic Youth League. Right. I went that route. Right. <laughs> and so, you know, playing in Catholic youth basketball, um, my first coach was a priest. His name was Chaz McGee. And uh, he taught me how to play basketball. Uh, his brother, his brother is in the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame. Ooh. That would be Herb McGee. Right? Herb McGee is uh, uh, has won over a thousand games, won a national championship. At that time, it was called Textile University. And so little did I know that Father Chaz McGee had taught his brother Herb to play. Herb was a 2,000-point scorer at Textile. Wow. He was also drafted by the Boston Celtics. No kidding. So, what did I know? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but, um, you know, he, he, he really worked with me, spent a lot of time with me. And as a high, as a eighth grader, I averaged like 35 points a game. What? Yeah, as an eighth grader, I could I could dunk, you know. And so, you know, naturally there were a couple of schools that were um it, you know, were interested in me going to to those schools. So I what ended up going to uh -huh. What were their names? Which was what were the names of the school? Oh, well, Roman Catholic High School was... Okay, school that's that a famous in. one. I know that one. Yes. <laughs> I, 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 and I, I actually ended up going to Roman Catholic, playing for Coach Speedy Morris, oh. who, uh, who someday may be in the Basketball Hall of Fame yes, as well. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I go to Roman Catholic, which was our, you know, our, our, 
archdiocese feeder school from the area in which I lived. And uh, I go there and I get first honors. So, you know, I'm, I'm sailing along and then basketball season starts. And as a ninth grader, I practice with the JV, I practice with the varsity, and I practice with the freshman team. But I only play JV and varsity as a ninth grader. Right. So very first game, I play in the JV game. I scored 26 points as a ninth grader in the, J- in the high school JV game. <laughs> so I, I, I play in the varsity game. I don't play that much. And I think I might have had a basket. But I go home that evening and my father says, tomorrow you're going to St. Joe's Prep. Wow. And I said, uh, no, I'm not going to St. Joe's Prep. Daddy goes, you're going to St. Joe's Prep tomorrow. And if you tell me no again, I'm going to punch you in the mouth. <laughs> I said, well, Dad, you got to understand, like, you can't go to St. Joseph's Prep unless you take an entrance exam. Right. And he says to me, well, the people that told me that I should send you to St. Joseph's Prep, they didn't mention that to me. So the next day, I go to St. Joseph's Prep, and I'm in the principal's office, and I'm sitting across from the principal, and he looks at me, and he says, you must really know somebody, because nobody gets into this school without taking an entrance exam. (laughs) Well, I had a similar experience. Um, I didn't transfer from one other high school to another, but... I was playing uh, CYO ball. I played for, you know, a, a, a church here, St. Luke. Uh-huh. And that was one of the things that they, and, you know, most of the kids, of course, once you play CYO, you end up going to a Catholic high school. That's just yes. how that was. Yes. And uh, I went and I played on that team. My eighth grade year, we took third in an in a AAU national tournament. Wow. And so my brother and sister, who were both incredible athletes, uh, my brother played football at USC. Uh, my sister played basketball at San Jose State. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, oh yeah. And so my dad looked at me and he said, you know what? Because, you know, everybody just assumed I was going to end up at Edison too. My dad said, you know what? Nah. You are, You got two people in front of you already. You're going to be known as their little brother. So let's put you on a different path and let's have you start and run your own you know, have, have, be in charge of your own legacy. Wow. So he sent me to St. Mary's High School. Wow. And uh, it was interesting from the fact that, you know, I'm sure all diocese schools are the same, so I'm pretty sure human life experiences are pretty similar. Well, let me tell you, <laughs> I'm the oldest. It was, I had a younger brother. And, um, like, my parents, my mother played a little basketball in high school. Right. My dad was like the most non-athletic person I've ever met. Is that right? Yo, man, my dad, my, my dad had trouble walking. Okay, <laughs> and, <laughs> and he never mentioned that. Oh lord! Said to me about basketball was, okay, well if you're going to play, be good at it. That's all he ever said to me. I had one. I had one disagreement with my dad the entire time that I played basketball in high school. So my junior year, 
we win the Philadelphia Catholic League championship, right? And that's a and that's a big deal, that's by the way. Deal. That's a big deal. <laughs> so we we win the, the Catholic League championship, and the guy who coached us, a guy named Eddie Burke, he was also a professor. He was also a teacher at the school, and so right after we win the championship they notify him to tell him that they're not going to grant him tenure so he has to leave the school wow so he goes to to another school a rival school in our league and we play them so the first time we play them Kevin I scored 23 points I scored 33 points at their gym at their gym and we lost and when the game was over my dad the first time he ever said anything to me about me playing basketball he says man you threw the game (laughs) (laughs) now let me ask you this let me ask you this was it good to have a father that didn't play himself did that make things easier for you or more difficult for you? Man. How was it? You know, how'd that go for you? Man, man, it was like, okay, so I have three children who all played, okay? Yeah. Who will all tell you that I was a pain in the ass, okay? <laughs> they will all tell you that. <laughs> my, dad, my dad, he would do stuff like, so he didn't think I was really playing basketball, like in CYO. So and he worked all the time, Kevin. He worked Saturday, Sundays, and it happened to snow one weekend, and he couldn't work because he, he worked outside. Right. He, he came to a game, and when he saw my team, our uniforms were tattered and. You know, like very, they weren't even uniforms, right? They were just, (laughs) they were tied. They were were rags, more or less. So my dad comes in and he looks at, this is the very first time he ever sees me play. And he says to me, he says, we got to get new uniforms for your team. So I don't know, I don't know where he got the money from, but in about three weeks, we had brand new uniforms with warm-up jackets. Oh, wow. Yeah. So he was that kind of guy, right? You know, he always was very supportive of anything that that I did. Um, I mostly played basketball, though, so, you know, I, I had my own lane. And as I mentioned previously, you know, I, I was a pretty good um, middle school player. And when, once I went to high school, like, you know, here's a really funny story. So, as a, I go to, I transfer to St. Joe's Prep, and you know, I, they, I play on their freshman team. Okay, so this was before they had like no cut policies. Okay, right, but stuff every, like that. Yeah, every CYO All Star in our area went to that school, or so they claimed. Right, like twenty, were like twenty-two boys on the freshman team. Oh my God! I mean, I, I went from playing varsity to playing on the freshman team, or being on the freshman team because I hardly played there with so many players on the team. So the next year, I'm on the varsity, and we're playing a team, one of the one of our rival teams in our in our league, and I'm guarding this guy, right? I mean, 
prior to well, I came off the bench first of all, and this guy—I mean, this guy's having a hell of a game. And so I, I go out there and I'm going to try to guard this guy, big, husky, right. big husky guy, big thick neck, big thick leg, <laughs> and I'm guard—I'm guarding him so hard that he starts to get a little pissed, right? So on one on one play. Like he he picks the ball up, he picks his dribble up, and I try to smother him, and he just locked arms with me, and flung me to the court. Oh wow! So you know I got up, like I was ready to square off with this guy, right? <laughs> and all my teammates ran off the court. They ran off the court. So I'm looking around, like you know, for some backup, and one of the teammates said. <laughs> Man, do you know who that is? I said, Nah, I don't care who that is. Right, that's John Capaletti. <laughs> oh, Heisman, okay. Heisman Trophy winner John Capaletti. So he and his, and his rep apparently his rep carried. I didn't know. Dude, I wasn't impressed because I didn't know who he you was. You didn't care. <laughs> see, see, I can totally dig that because. You know, I'm from a, a, a little town. Well, I wouldn't say little town. It, no town's little with 400,000 right. people. But I'm from a place where we played, you know, we're in the middle of like the Bay Area, uh, San Francisco, Oakland, all that, to Sacramento and that giant conglomerate, yes, right? Yes. And so we're like the ones, we're like to them because we're in the agricultural area. Uh-huh. We're surrounded by, you know, we're like the salad bowl of the world. Uh-huh. <laughs> so we're considered the country guy, right. right? So see, when I played against guys from the, from who they had these big reps, he's from Sacramento and he's all area. I'm like, so? <laughs> that don't mean nothing to me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm seen that impressed with his homies at the gym where he go, but where I'm from, that means nothing. Yeah. You gotta come bring it because I'm not scared. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm, I live in the city. I lived in the city. Right. So all, right. all the guys were like, all the guys were hard nosed players. Uh, yeah. And you know, you really, you really weren't good until like the older guy said you were. You know. Right. So here I am as as a tenth grader, and I'm I'm doing pretty well in the schoolyards in my neighborhood, and I'm starting to get a little recognition, and I'm playing in the Philadelphia Catholic League. Right? right. So the difference between our Catholic league and our public league is like um, the the Philadelphia public league. It, it's like just even back then, it was like just running up and down all athleticism. <laughs> where the right. Catholic league, they taught us how to think and play at the same time. A lot of really, really right. good coaching going on. A lot of skill development going on. So, yeah. You know, I had the benefit of both being able to play both styles, right? Play both sides. Yes. That people don't realize what a benefit that it is. Huge. It was huge. It was huge. While I would have a difficult time, well, I didn't really have a difficult time, but you know, I would just say that it was more challenging when I played against the public league players. Yeah, the Catholic League, but playing against the public league players made it much easier for me to play against the Catholic League players. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no doubt. Uh-huh. See, out here, we don't have as many Catholic schools. Uh-huh. 
So normally how you run into the better ones, especially from the Bay Area or from Sacramento, is you playing a tournament. Uh-huh. Like the-, uh, the tournament we used to play that was big was the Jesuit tournament in Sacramento. Yes. And the Archbishop Reardon tournament in San Francisco. Yes, yes, yes. So we, um, you know, our Catholic League at that time, I think there might have been, there might have been, there were two divisions and there were 12 teams, I believe. And, okay. And, uh, and they called, we had a Northern Division and a Southern Division. So the way it worked out was, you know, the top four teams at the end of the regular season would vie for a chance to play uh, for the championship. So you'd have eight teams, four from the Northern Division and four from the Southern Division. And then the first round would be um, intra, intra-divisional intra games, like that you right. had played against already. And then you got right. to the final four, they were um, extra-divisional games, right? Okay. So, you know, we would mix it up and um, there would always be a chance that in the championship game that you would play against a team from your division. Okay. So um, I, I know like the year that we won the championship, um, we played against a team called Cardinal O'Hara, which was led by a guy named Michael Arizon. And Michael Arizon was the son of, you know, Paul, Paul Arizon, right? I yep. mean, this dude was one of the hardest dudes I ever played against. I was <laughs> a loony too, but... You know, he was just a hard dude, a real competitive guy, and uh, we beat his team for the for the Catholic League championship my junior year. So, um, I was an I was an honorable mention All League player as a sophomore, which was really really hard to do. Not, That's hard to ninth do. Grade, ninth, <laughs> not, ninth grade is hard to play that hard to play varsity, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, so I, I made um as a as a tenth grader I made honorable mention all league and then my You made honorable mention all league as a sophomore or as freshman? A tenth grader, yeah. I made honorable mention. Oh my goodness. Wow. All right. My junior year we won a championship. I was first team all league and uh the most <laughs> and then my senior year and my senior year we did not make the playoffs. We did not make the playoffs, but a first really? team all league. I led the leading the league in scoring my junior and senior year. So, um, you know, and and we play. And how about this? How about this? So I'm telling you about my coach. The year we won the the public Catholic League championship, right? right? So he transfers to a rival school, and back then. The Catholic League winner would play the Public League winner for our city championship. Right? Right. This guy goes to a rival school, wins the city championship. Oh. He wins the city championship. So, um, you know, we were we were very, very disappointed <laughs> because <laughs> you had, think? I mean, had he stayed with us, we might have been able to make some noise, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, so. yeah. Now, see, when you talk about all of this stuff and your successes uh, in terms of, you know, playing in the city of Philadelphia, 
I've always been interested because George, well, I'll just go ahead and let my list remind my listeners again. I played for Coach George Ravlin, who's from yes. that area. <laughs> and he used to always tell me that Philly was unique from the aspect of that there's a style of Philadelphia players. Yes. yes. And that you see it in anybody that's from that area. Explain that to my listeners as best you well, can. Well, um, one of the things that we do in our in playgrounds and stuff, what we do is we play hard, right? We don't play dirty. We just play hard. Um, <laughs> we play hard and we play smart. So, so if you are if you're a smart player and you play with a certain amount of tenacity, then you'll get moniker like like for 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 guards they call us Philly guards, right? An example right. of a Philly guard is a perfect example of a Philly guard is that daggone Kyle Lowry. Okay? Yeah. Kyle Lowry is the antithesis of the Philly guard. You know? So uh, I mean, that's how you got your rep. You got your rep. Not right. so much being able to make baskets, but being able to make good plays and being a good defensive player, being good with the basketball. And if you could score a little bit. That's yeah. cool, too. <laughs> I took you to the top of the list. Right. So. <laughs> now, when you talk about stuff like that, you had the good fortune of coming up in an era where you saw a lot of great ball players come Ooh. through that way. Ooh. And you have imparted upon me a couple of interesting things. I, I admit up front, and I tell people this all the time, I believe that Will Chamberlain was the greatest basketball player I ever saw. Yeah. You had an opportunity because a lot of people don't realize he's from yeah. that area. Yeah, yeah. So You had an opportunity to see this guy. Yeah, I, I saw I saw a lot of him growing up. Um, as I mentioned earlier, my um, CYO coach's brother was—he he ended up becoming the coach at the school that he attended, Textile. Oh, okay. And okay. That was where the Sixers practiced every day. Oh, every okay. day. So. You know, we would get up to see some of the practices. I I'd gone to practices where I saw Will. All Will did was shoot free throws, and everyone knows what a horrendous free throw shooter he was, right? <laughs> Actually, horrendous. Yeah, is kind. that's kind. That's kind. <laughs> well, I, I, I watched him make thirty free throws in a row in practice. That, that, why that doesn't surprise that's, me, I'm not surprised I'm at all. You, man. So, you know, there's a lot of lore, a lot of Will Chamberlain lore in our town. You know, he was a great high school player, won three um, public league championships, uh, you know, 80, 90 points a game. That's a lot of points in the 32. Right? <laughs> One of the greatest conversations I've ever had is another, from another Philly guy named Freddie Yeah, Hill. yeah, yeah. Sonny told me, he said, Kevin, please understand what I am telling you. <laughs> Will Chamberlain was without a doubt the greatest physical specimen I've ever seen walking on planet Earth. Yeah. <laughs> he 
He told me stories where this guy used to catch people's jump shots out of the air exactly. with two hands. Exactly. So he told me stories where Wilt could stand 15 feet away from the basket on on a half jump dunk from 15 feet right. away. He told me he heard stories. Didn't, he didn't say he saw it, but he heard stories of Wilt touching the top of the backboard. Well, he had a 40... Are you <laughs> he was seven, he was seven I mean, one, and he had a forty five inch vertical. That's so insane. That would not <laughs> be far fetched, right? That's okay. insane. Well, insane. A couple of the things that people should know. So, um, back in the day, the the way that the 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 free throw lane is set up. It used to be called the key because it looked it like, like a keyhole, key right? <laughs> what Wilt would right. do is he would stand at the top of the key and take two steps and take off from the free throw line and dunk the free throw. Okay. That's okay? the same, man. So, what happened was, That's the same. I mean, the, you got to know that the key was so, so wide that it was very, very easy for him to dominate being close to the basket. Yeah. So they actually widened the lane. They yeah. widened the lane <laughs> thinking yeah. that that was going to make him less dominant. <laughs> but it's like, it's, like, it's like, you know, in our era, getting rid of the dunk shot to make Kareem less dominant. Made him better. better. You know what I'm saying? Well, I'm glad you said that because that was a segue into your college life. You played at Maryland on the same team with, let me me know if I forget somebody, with John Lucas, Len Elmore, Tommy McMillan. Now, who's the other person? My freshman year, Kevin, I played with seven parade All-Americans. Smart guys. Before you mentioned, (laughs) um, there was a guy who was uh, Lynn Elmore's high school teammate. His name was Jap Tremble. Oh, you know, okay. back then, you know, you had to read Street Smith to find out who was who. So, Yep. Yeah. I remember so that. I'm reading Street and Smith, and uh, uh, they're not even talking about Len Elmore. They're talking about this guy, Jap Trimble. And they're saying that Jap Trimble is the absolute best one on one high school player in the country. Okay. Wow. So, him, um, we had another guy. His name was uh, Howard White. Now, you might not know Howard White from Maryland. Actually, I don't. Howard White is the guy who is the vice president of Jordan Brand. <laughs> he was one okay. of his teammates as well. So, you know, we had we had a bunch. The practices were insane. And so people, you know, like Philadelphia is a college basketball utopia, right? 
we have yeah. our, our big five, yeah. which is Temple of South, Villanova, St. Joseph's University, and the University of Pennsylvania. All all Division right. One schools, right? And then you got great D2 basketball around here. And then you got like some, you know, pretty good D3 basketball around here. So people would say, well, with all the basketball that goes on to Philadelphia, why would you choose to go to Maryland? And so... That's a pretty okay. good question. So, <laughs> I spoke earlier about guys that you chased. Like as a high school guy, there were guys that I chased. Okay. And the guy that I right. chased was a guy from Philadelphia. His name was Andre McCarter. Andre, Andre McCarter. McCarter was a two-time a now this is crazy because he was a guard. He was a two-time parade All-American. Okay. He was a two-time yeah. great All-American, and he, he was one of the, the like five or six players at that time that Coach Wood actually came to see play. Because back then, Coach Wood right. didn't have to go across the Mississippi to, to get players. And so he came no. and he recruited Andre, and so. But he wanted yes. Andre. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and so, like, you know, Andre and I, uh, many, many parallels, even to the even to the point where we actually share the same birthday. So we, wow. we were teammates. Your your guy, Sonny Hill, had template yep. for high school summer basketball. It was unbelievable, unbelievable. So I played with Andre for three years. Uh, on the sunny on, on our Sunny Hill League team, um, my third year we won the Sunny Hill League team championship. That which was Andre's senior year. Okay. But on that team, on that summer league team, we have four guys that made it to the NBA. Okay. <laughs> we had Andre. We had Maurice Lucas. We had, oh, we had okay. Joe Bryant, Kobe Bryant's dad. Jelly Bean Bryant. That was just wow. the summer league. So getting back to why I left Philadelphia, you know, um, I was I was always thought of as Andre's understudy, right? And he was the rabbit that okay. I always chased. And he went to UCLA. Well, UCLA did not recruit me. <laughs> okay. They did not really? me. I'm telling you, there were very few players east of the Mississippi that Coach Wood recruited. Okay? But, but, Lefty Giselle's pitch was, I'm going to make Maryland the UCLA of the East. I remember so, that quote. I remember that. Needless to say, if I couldn't go to the UCLA of UCLA, I would go to the UCLA of the East. <laughs> <laughs> so you basically did that because you because of you and Andre's quote unquote rivalry, which I don't you can take that yes, that word yes. any way you want. Um and the thing that I find interesting about that is did you didn't you sell a play we against Maryland? Twice while I was there. Yeah. 
when you were there. Was Andre, Andre playing then? Uh, our third year, which would be the year they won okay. the national championship. The year they won. Last I remember that, right? Remember. So we played them. We played them that. with Paulie. They got, they got right. Walton. They got Jamal Will. I watched the games. Washington, Marcus <laughs> Johnson, Richard yes. Washington, Tommy Curtis. Yes. Um, um, Tommy Curtis, T.C. Curtis, Greg, is it Greg Myers? Brad, uh, uh, um, what's it? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Greg Myers was a first round draft pick, right? So, sure we was. Lose, we lose to UCLA at UCLA by yeah. one point. I and, saw that game, yeah, I was so, watching the whole time. This is the game that I tell my good friend. And former uh, Notre Dame player John Shoemate, like you know, we soften them guys up for you because you know Notre Dame beats UCLA and breaks the streak. Yeah. Yep. They break the streak. I think it was what eighty-eight straight games they had won. Eighty-eight straight <laughs> games. So I'm telling you, that era, that era of college basketball. Is what really got me turned yeah. on the college basketball because that was the time when Notre Dame, UCLA, Maryland, North Carolina State. There was some there teams, was, man. It was no was joke. Teams. So <laughs> I go to Maryland, Kevin. I don't know jack about the ACC. I don't know anything right. about the ACC. I don't know about Carolina. I don't know about NC State. I don't know about Wake Forest. I don't know about any of those teams, right? And these were the teams like we were going right. to play, like home and away. <laughs> right. <laughs> All I knew was my first, two, my second year, my third year, we were going to get a chance to use it, to play UCLA. So my freshman right. year, you know, John Lucas, who was my roommate at the time, um, he came, he came to, when we came to school in the fall, we would play pickup. You know, here's a really, really funny story. So Lucas had gone to summer school. I did not. I did not go to summer school because I was playing up in the hill. Okay. So he was familiar with all the guys and all the teammates. And the first time we played pickup, I was not one of the first 10 guys they picked, right? So I'm, I'm sitting right. on the floor at Cold Field House. And I'm looking at these guys play, and I say to myself, "Oh my God, you might have made the wrong choice." <laughs> I had never seen, seen this many guys who are that good, like play together like that, like at one time. So, you know, I'm saying right. to myself, "Damn." So, in any event. Lucas, who's from North Carolina, you know, and I'm from Philly, and we play some pretty good basketball in Philly. And Lucas is telling me about this kid from North Carolina who is like catching people's jump shots out the air. <laughs> <laughs> shots from the corner. And 
um, this guy's like jumping out, taking one step out of the lane, catching people's jump shots. So and myself, you right. know. Well, this guy, he's just saying this because he knows I'm from Philly, where they're really good basketball players. So and guys yeah, who get yeah, the air yeah. like that. <laughs> I said, well, who is this guy? He says, we call him DT. And I said, well, yep. what does DT mean? He says, DT stands for the truth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there you so, oh, man. When I saw this man play, the first time I saw this man, the first time they we played them, we played them in Cole on Super Bowl Sunday. We were the first team. We were the That's first right. team to play. I remember that too. We were the first college team to play on Super Bowl Sunday. That's right. The ball hits the back of the rim. We get the last shot. No, they get the last shot. We're up one. We get we're right. One. Right. They get the last shot. The ball hits the back of the rim. The guy who's guarding Thompson boxes them out perfectly. Ball hits the back of the rim. Yep. Thompson jumps way up over everybody, grabs the ball, puts it in the basket, and the buzzer goes off. That would be the first of six games that we would lose to them consecutively. <laughs> well, I'm going to tell you a David Thompson story that you, I know you remember, but a lot of people don't, you know, may or may not remember. I remember when he went to go catch a lob from Marty Town. And he jumped up to go get it. And he was up so high that he got his foot caught underneath the armpit of his teammate yep. Phil Spitz. And he fell out of the air, probably, I'm guessing, 10 feet out of the air, right onto his head. Yeah, that was a scary move. That was the first time I ever saw any basketball. And I thought somebody oh, was going to die. Oh, man. That, that, that was I thought this that man was, was dead. Because when he hit the floor mode, it sounded like somebody took a baseball bat and hit a watermelon. Yeah, that you know was what a I'm scary moment. That was a scary That was the most frightening. I've never feared for a player's life on a basketball yeah. court ever. But I thought that man yeah, killed himself. Yeah. Well, you, there's a couple things you ought, you got to know about David Thompson, right? So, for his career against Maryland, he averaged 39 points a game. Okay. So there's not there's not much that anybody could tell me about how great David Thompson was in college. All right. I had seen I have seen the bottom of his Adidas on more than one occasion. All right. While I was right. standing there, all right. Um absolutely positively the greatest high school, I mean, the greatest college basketball player of our era. Okay? Wow. That, um, that is a mouthful. It was, well, I mean, you know, they knocked off Walton. In there. Okay? So, this this is what, yeah. this is what you gotta know. So, my first year, the ACC was the first conference that had a conference tournament. Right? So, you could go undefeated during the regular season 
and lose in yep. the tournament, in the ACC tournament. Yeah. You, <laughs> and, and, and also, Kev, also you got to remember that back then, there were only 25 teams in the tournament. That's it. So that's if, it, that's you know, all. if we didn't win the ACC tournament, you couldn't go to the NCAA. You had no chance of playing in the NCAA tournament. Okay? So the first year, Thompson's first year on varsity, which was my freshman year, they undefeated. Right. They won the ACC regular season with zero losses, and they won the ACC tournament. They did not go because there was some NCAA violation. And we were violation. I remember that. We played them in the final my freshman year, we were able to represent the ACC in the NCAA tournament where we ended up losing in the regional final to <clears throat> Providence with Marvin Barnes and Ernie D. Marvin right. Barnes and Ernie D. We lost to them in the regional <laughs> final. And so the next year, NC State goes, they pretty much go undefeated again. Right? And, then, yeah. and we ended up playing them again in the ACC tournament final. And that was the great yep. game that, you know, basketball purists will say that that was the greatest college game ever. I tell you what, if you if you don't agree that it was the greatest college basketball game ever, I really want to see the one <laughs> you're saying. Well, there have been a few. <laughs> But I'm, I'm just saying, because I remember as a kid, because see, out west, that was when college basketball started to come out to where you could see games uh-huh. all across the country. Because, like, the first time when UCLA right. played against Houston, that, that, and people don't understand right. the significance of that game. There was 52,000 people sitting up there watching that game that was nowhere near the court. This was a (laughs) non-league game. These were, these were, you know, banner games. You know, some promotions people, marketing people put those games together and they were wildly successful. I learned about ACC basketball when Kareem was playing and one year played against Duke and Rick Mount. And then played against North Carolina one yeah. year and Charlie Scott. Yeah. That's why I got hit to ACC basketball. Because I'm telling you, out here, basketball pretty much ended, started and ended in L.A. Well, it was, that was, <laughs> it was like that for everybody. That time. <laughs> it was UCLA and that's it. They took it. no prisoners. <laughs> they took no prisoners. And so, I got hip to ACC basketball, and I wanted to learn a lot about it. And to be honest with you, a couple of ACC schools that will recruit me, they don't realize Man, how close yeah. I was thinking about it. So, <laughs> I, I was supposed to consider Like I said, I didn't know anything about the ACC. You know, I'm a Philly guy. I'm a big five, you know. So, right. we go there... You can tell them. You can tell them what you know about the five, though. About the big five. <laughs> <laughs> you knew all about that. <laughs> but in any event, we played them. My, my sophomore year, um, we played them. We lose to them in the 
ACC championship final by three points in overtime. And the significance right. of that game, Kevin, was we lost and we could not participate in the NCAA tournament. But the game was so good. The game was so good. It was a great game. The NCAA decided to expand the field. Right? So they know, had no choice. Yeah. Because they realized that teams like you guys weren't getting that yeah. opportunity. So we they had from, to do it. We go from 25 teams, I believe, to either 32 or 36. So yeah. That's so exactly that game, what they did. That was the. To, to us, that was the significance of that game. And, and not for nothing. So the season is over. NC State NC State wins the national championship. Right? We did not even participate in the final four. We didn't participate in the NCAA tournament. At the end of the season, we were ranked by AP and UPS as the fourth best team in the nation. And, and and justifiably yeah. so. Because yeah. you guys were good, man. I'm telling you, I watched every chance I got. I watched y'all. I mean, you know, <laughs> like like yourself, you know, when 18, 19, 20-year-old kids, you know, we just out there balling. We don't understand, like, you know, like like we're making history. You know what I'm saying? We're just going out there balling. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> During the time, you don't stuff. even think about stuff like that. You're just thinking about the fact you're just doing you know, what you do. I, I, I think about <laughs> stuff like this. If we play bad, coach is going to practice the sh- out of us tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny, man. That's funny. Yeah. Now, after college, you ended up playing in the NBA. The team that initially right, drafted right. you was Cleveland, so, right? Yeah. Now, when you were in Cleveland, who was on that squad with so, you on that team? My guy, my guy on that team who actually said that I was his rookie was Nate Thurman. So, so Nate Thurman, okay. He, okay. He, he looked out for me. You know, he, he taught me a lot about how to be a professional, you know, he, he said, like, okay, okay, you're a rook. You know, you're going to go places you've never been before. You know, you might want to stay out in a certain place, in a certain city for a while. But, you know, don't make this a habit. And so I sort of kind of took that to heart. Um, uh, just to rewind a little bit, 76 was the year of the NBA-ABA merger. So that's here, right. Here I am. I'm, I'm, I'm drafted 32. I'm the 32nd pick in the draft. I get drafted by the Cavaliers. And, um, you know, the year before, the 32nd pick in the draft got, got a, a guaranteed contract, which wasn't guaranteed like right. guaranteed now. I think. Like thirty-five or forty-five thousand dollars or something like that. So, um, right, because now we have four more teams in the NBA. Right, we have Indiana, the New Jersey Nets, the Denver Nuggets, and the San Antonio right. Spurs. We got eighteen Absolutely. approved veterans that don't have teams. 
right? Like right. Moses Malone didn't have a team. Adrian Dantley, no, Adrian Dantley was drafted by the, the um, Braves. So he's already in the NBA. Maurice right. Lucas didn't have a team. Right? So we go to camp. And all, also on that team was uh, Jim Clemens. Ended up being a very, very successful oh, man. Uh, a coach in the NBA with Phil Jackson. I think I think Clemens yeah. got about nine or ten yeah. rings. Right? He okay. does. So the other guys <laughs> was Austin Carr, uh, Campy Russell, who was yep. a great player. I think Campy was a little bit mm. of time, and then he got hurt, but he was a great player. Jim Brewer from Minnesota also played Bingo Smith, Bobby Bingo Smith from Memphis. Man, now that was my guy. To a lot of kids in this era, they wouldn't know anything about those guys. And those guys, to me, even though the average person wouldn't know who they were, man, I I, I, I knew every one of them. They were great players. I watched them. They They were great players. So I go to the Cavaliers, uh, Kevin, and here's the scenario. There was a guy, okay. their second pick. Their first pick was a guy from Kansas State named Chucky Williams, who was a pretty good shooter, right? Okay, I remember him. So I get, I, yeah. get to, yeah. I get to Cleveland, and then I find out that you know they, they had won the Midwestern Conference Championship the year before. And there were 12 players in the team. 11 of them had been signed. So there's only one spot. There's only one spot. So um, we we go okay. we go out there and um, you know I'm being told I'm being told that I'm gonna get a fair shot. You know, so it really comes down to Chucky Williams and myself, who was a great friend of mine because he had come to. I work at our Maryland camps in the summertime. We get out, we get to, oh, get okay. to Cleveland, and Bill Fitch, who is our coach and also the manager, he says, right. well, here's the deal. If you make it through the rookie camp, you'll get $1,000. If you make it through the veterans camp, you'll get $1,000. And if you make it, if you're on yeah. a team... If you're if you're on the roster the first day of the season, you'll get a thousand dollars, right? But the year before, the guy who was drafted in my position, he got like a forty-five, fifty thousand dollars signing bonus. That was my signing bonus. I'm right. talking about ultra, ultra competitive. So I'm on the team the beginning yeah. of the season, and. Uh, you know, when you're in the NBA at that time, there was a date that if you were still on the roster on this particular pay for you had to pay for the whole season. Yep. I was on the roster, yep. Chucky Williams, who was the first round pick, and I'm sure he had gotten more bonus money than me, that actually cut me yeah. and they kept Chuck. Right? So wow. I get cut. And then about three weeks later, I get a call from Press Maravich. Okay? Now, Press right. Maravich 
is the father of Pete Maravich, of course. Right. But Pete Maravich's dad. He was also the general manager of Jazz. Of the New Orleans Jazz. So the year before, <laughs> Coach Maravich was the head coach at Appalachian State. Yes, yes. And oh, I didn't know that. Appalachian State at Maryland. And I had a really good game. I, I mean, I, I don't know, I scored 26, 28 points or whatever. And what took me out of the game, okay, because I had such respect for Pete Maravich and his legacy, and, and also Coach Maravich. I went over and I shook Coach Maravich's hand as I was coming out of the game. So when I get this right. call, I'm talking to Coach Maravich, and he's telling me how in all the years that he coached basketball for no player had ever done that and he remembered that. So Oh wow. So he remembered that me. and that's why he said that's why he called me. Wow. So I go down, this is a real funny story. So I go down to New Orleans. This is uh the day after the All-Star game. Pete plays in the All-Star game. This is the year this is the year, right. the only time Pete ever won an NBA scoring title. Okay? Our coach was right. Elgin Baylor. <laughs> Our coach was yeah, yeah. Wow, so man. I go, wow. I go to the practice, and I have a pretty good practice. You know? And I'm, I'm looking at Pete Maravich, and I'm saying... This guy, he everything everybody says he is. Right? <laughs> so practice is over, and I'm really feeling myself, you know. I show up to the first practice on my new team, and I, I killed it. I killed it. But the next day, Kevin, <laughs> wore my ass out, bro. Let me let me let me put it in another way. You got to find out firsthand why they called him the pistol. Let me tell you what I did. Let me tell you what I did. I went up to him after I went up, I went up to him after practice and I apologized to this man. <laughs> apologize. You, now as prideful as you are as an athlete and a player, I know how Real difficult man. it was for I you to have to apologize. But you tell him that tells me he really busted your well, butt I off. I said to him, I said, you know, <laughs> man, you really took me to college of basketball knowledge yesterday. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> man, had you apologized. Okay. So, also, year that year that season, we're playing against the New York Knicks in the Superdome, which was our home court Superdome. And Pete sets the record for the most points scored in an NBA game by a guard. He scores sixty-eight points against the New York. Sixty-eight points. I, I've seen that video. I've so, seen that. Two things. Two things about that game. You got to know, right? There was no three-point shot. 
there was no three-point shot and the guy had 68 points and as you if you look at that video you could see there were at least six or seven makes from three the three-point line oh he, he shoots one that's yeah. about a half a step inside yeah. the half yeah. mark so <laughs> Cause that was the first thing I noticed was when he when I saw him make it, I'm thinking, okay, well, that yeah, would have been a three yeah, down. <laughs> Easily, right? But well, of all the things you've seen as a player, was that the most dominant performance you ever saw with, that you were involved um, in? I tell you, man, I, I in the pros, yeah, that in the pros, definitely, definitely. But you know. I, David Thompson has 39 points a game against them <laughs> for his career. Okay, like, I played right. in one game where we had we had like instead of our coach going to his own, he he he, he put seven different guys on David Thompson in one game. Oh, you know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> wow. So, like that just I think. This era of kids doesn't understand just how good DC was, and they think. Of, and when they do talk about him, they only talk about the fact that he can jump, but they don't realize this guy could play basketball. Man, he had all of it. He had everything. Like, I mean, he was a terrific, a terrific jump shooter. Terrific jump shooter. Oh my goodness. It just seemed like no matter how high you jumped to contest his shot, his jump shot, you wouldn't get anywhere, anywhere near, near that shot. Right? I mean, I, I there's a picture, and I, I, I look at it to remind myself just how good an athlete he was where he's taking a jump shot. Well, actually, no. That's the other one. There's one where he's grabbing a rebound over the head of Bill Walton. Yeah. And his his waist is at Bill uh, Walton's shoulder. I never seen nothing like that. I mean, come on. Oh, I, I, when I find when I, I'm gonna go back to my files and when I, I find I, it, I'm gonna finish it. Never seen anything like that. Because when I hear these youngsters tell me that the guys now are so much more athletic than the guys we played against, I don't even want to hear all that. I don't want to hear. <laughs> I think the difference between I don't those guys, uh, you know, the guys from our era today was, you know, they did not rely strictly on athleticism, right? You know, you sort right. of kind of had right. to play and think at the same time. You could be, you could have all that athletic yeah. ability and be sitting right on somebody's bench because yeah, if you couldn't play the game, then, none of that mattered. Like, I mean, you, I mean, I played with a few guys in the NBA that were monster athletes who not, you know, didn't have great right. basketball IQ. So subsequently, they languished on the bench. Yeah. Right. So let me get back, <laughs> let me get back to this Pete Maravich sixty-eight point game thing. All right. In that game. Okay. In that game, there were eight people involved in that game that made it to the Basketball Hall of Fame. Eight people. That's right. Two coaches, Elgin Baylor made it as a player. Red Holzman made it as a coach. Phil Jackson, who made it as a coach. Right. Bill Bradley, 
Walt Frazier, Earl Monroe, Bob McAdoo, and Pete Maravich. That was mm. crazy. That was crazy. That was crazy. That's that crazy. that's nuts. <laughs> well, because yeah. I've actually watched that film, and and I watched it before okay. I actually met you. So I'm sitting up there looking at the other guard. I'm like, oh, okay. Mohammed uh, uh, was on the, was on the court at that time, dude. So. I'm going to give you a sports trivia question that is always guaranteed to get you a free drink in a sports bar. Okay? Okay. Pete Maravich scored 68 points against the Knicks. Who was the second leading scorer on his team and how many points he had? You. (laughs) You. And I I believe it was 18. 12 or 4 there was like that night there if you if you had an open shot and you missed it oh well you know? <laughs> <laughs> like I said I remember uh that game itself and one of the funny stories I can tell you is I, I over my uh-huh. lifetime I got to meet Al Adams and he was the first time I met him was at a basketball camp in a uh-huh. little town not far from from Stockton. And he told one of those sports trivia jokes like he just did. <laughs> he said, "I was there the night that Will Chamberlain and another yeah. player together scored 116 <laughs> points." I said, "Yeah." He was, "Yep." I said, "So how many?" I said, so who was this guy? So I was the other high score. I said, so how many did you have? Like 40 or 50? He said, no, 16. <laughs> yeah, Mom, yeah, I was crying laughing. Yeah. I was crying. I said, are you serious? He said, many people yeah. don't realize I played in that game. I was eight of eight from the field. And yeah. uh, I had 16 points. So I go around bragging to people all the time about the fact the night that the, that me and Will yeah, scored 116. Yeah. And you know, Kevin, um, the elders, the basketball elders in our town, they all they also revere Coach Adams as well. Oh, uh-huh. yeah, huh? he's a Philly native too. Well, he's not from Philly. He's, he's a Philly guy too. But he played, but he got drafted by the Sixers. Oh, okay. And like you know, the people here, like the elders, the the men who watched him play in the late right. '60s and early in their '70s and '80s, like they revere Coach Adams. They revere him, you know. So, well, I've always respected him because he got respect yep. in the game. As a black yep. coach, yep. when yep. there weren't yep. many he black knew coaches, what he was doing, you know, what I'm saying? He knew because basketball. He, he just knew basketball, basketball. Period. period. And in conversations I've ever had with him, he always told me he said the one thing he said racism is pervasive in our society, but the one thing that nobody can walk away from or not give you a what shot you with doing? is if you just know what you're doing. 
He said, and I know what yeah. I'm doing. Because <laughs> if I'm not mistaken, he was one of the few, few former players to win a championship as a player, as a coach, and as an executive. And a coach. As an executive. That's right. I have had basketball conversation with him, man, and I walked away feeling like I learned a whole lot more basketball than I knew when I came to the room. I'll tell you that. Um, You know, the (laughs) other part of all of this, and, you know, I'm going to just, you know, my son is the head coach at LaSalle University. You know, one championships as an assistant coach at uh, Villanova University. He was on Jay Wright's staff. You know, pretty fair basketball player right. himself. Like, you know, one of the things that we do in our town, yeah. we're, we're sort of like a basketball family. My young son played, my daughter played. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things that we talked about, we talked about, like, all the great players from our town, right? I mean, some of them I know, some of them I only heard of, and even the young, the young players, like, we all sort of kind of know each other. So we kind of, you know, we, we try to keep the tradition of, of the greatness and the, the, the richness of our basketball tradition alive. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, just heritage, to, you know, because today's players, they only go back to what they've seen. Right. You know, like, yeah, about 1990. I, mean, <laughs> I don't even get into I don't even get into discussions about the, the GOAT. Right, because I've seen too many players. I've seen too many players. Like, I, right. I mean, you know, Matt Mara, he posted something on Facebook the other day where he clearly defined based on specifics who these great players were. And there's so many of them. There's so many of them. Right. So now, you know, the, the people who've only seen LeBron play will say, well, he's better than Michael Jordan. Right. Well, you know, that's that remains to be seen because, you know, I think I think Kareem was a pretty fair player. And, and um yeah, I would agree with that. And, and, and I have to even soften my my position because I've always been very, very vocal about, you know, Will being such a great player. Know what? Like statistically yeah. and and dominance, he but there was nobody like him. <clears throat> but there's nobody none. like Kareem either. You know what I'm saying? No, none. Put it to you this way: this guy had a shot that was so unstoppable. He played till he was about crazy, 42. Like that, <laughs> how many people have you seen copy that shot? Oh, I, 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 I look, I've only seen it block like, three times in my whole life. Any guy, <laughs> any big guy, like you're 6'10, 6'11, why wouldn't you want to copy that shot? I, 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 I just, I'll put it to you like this if you don't at least have a jump hook and you're 6'10, you have cheated well, yourself, to buddy. That point, to that point. <laughs> 610 players don't play near the basket anymore. That's so, right. Well, you're you know, right. I guess you're right. 
and I, I and I have my emotions yeah. about that. Yeah. So <laughs> you know, it, everything has changed. It's, it's changed so dramatically around the game and things that you know we value oh, yeah. are less valued now. Um, I hate the analytics. I hate the analytics because the eyes don't lie. You know what I'm saying? Like you can walk into a gym. You could just yeah. watch guys who could really play. You know, eyes don't lie. You know who could play. But, I mean, you know, just part of the evolution of the game. I, I always say, like, that. right, right. But I don't, exactly. need, I don't need analytics to tell me who can play. And you know, and you know. <laughs> I don't need that. that. You know, analytics is a language that was, that was created by some really, really smart guys to try to try to get some of that MIT money. and all that. <laughs> Harvard, Yale, Princeton, yeah. So I got yeah. to no, give credit for that. It's you know a fact. What I mean? It's a fact. Yeah, they figured, they figured exactly. out a way to stay in the game exactly. because they can't play in it. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Hey man, I'm looking up at my at my timer oh, here. Wow, brother, we've been at wow. this for over an hour. Well, I mean, you know, I got <laughs> and and like I told you, whenever I do a podcast, I look at the podcast from the perspective of just having a conversation. Yeah, and let yeah. the conversation go wherever it goes. And I, as I told you, this was. To me, this wasn't it didn't a seem like it. podcast. <laughs> it really wasn't. It seemed like the kind of conversations it, it, it we had on the phone anyway. Right? It was a yeah, Thank you. <laughs> this is no different uh, than you and me being on the telephone and just putting up chopping it up. Well, and man, I, I want to thank you so do, much Kevin. for you doing know, this, We're man. living in a very, very turbulent time, right? So if if you pray. Like right every day right. say two prayers you know if you have a family you know tell them you love them and hug them you know and, and yeah. yeah if give you got people their roses while they're alive afford, yeah. give one away give one away you know let's let's you know let's yes, love yes sir because love is always greater than hate always greater than hate man. yo I, I completely agree with that and like I said, brother, I can't thank you enough for doing this. And like, and this this hey, wasn't man, work. So you know I had all this anxiety <laughs> about doing this, right? But true to your word, true to your word, you said, man, this is going to be like us just chopping it up on the phone and dad going to fuss. <laughs> this is exactly what it is. Because that's how I roll. I don't get down no other way. I, I'm just serious. Everybody who I've done this with, they all say, look, man, I have to remind them how long we're going. <laughs> I just look up and I'm like, well, well I God, surely have appreciated this opportunity <laughs> to, um, to be with you and hope your listeners will find something well, thanks, at least funny out of all of this. <laughs> oh, that's true. They will. <laughs> because you know, you and I have been through and seen a lot, and you know we have a we have a, a, a yeah. funny a funny yeah. warped way of looking at stuff. So yeah. I know people are like that. <laughs> so at any rate, listen, man. Thank you very much. 
for uh, doing this. And folks, this is the uh, this was an episode of the SOS Simmons on Sports Radio Show and Podcast. We um, you can find us on Spotify. You can find us on the Anchor app or even the new Apple Podcast application. Mo, thank, thank you very you much, man. And man, we'll do this again, okay? Appreciate you. All righty. One love. Okay, Bye. brother. One love, man. Have a great day.